You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Joe Clark, good afternoon to you today. How are you going? I am well, thank you, Richard Sweatman. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, I thought I would share with you and our listeners a game that we really enjoyed playing on our holidays. Uh, so Ooh. I think this is my last holiday story. Um, in the car, you know, a lot of driving um, yep. uh, from, say, Armadale to Brisbane. That was a lot of driving. We needed <laughs> a few games. And so uh, what we came up with was, uh, um, we, well, we have a Spotify account, which and we had reception most of the time, so we could play any or many songs. And so the game was to um, think of a category, and then everyone had to nominate a song and play the song from that category. Ooh, and, uh, yeah. That, that was kind of fun because um, <laughs> you're trying to play a song that you like and you think other people would like or you'd get a reaction from. Um, <laughs> and uh, sometimes the category could be quite could be easy or could be quite narrow and tricky. So um, Okay. So, for example, the, categories? Uh, some of the categories. A song with a location in the title uh, oh. or a song with a colour in the title or a song <laughs> by U2. Um, and you couldn't and pick the same as someone else, of no. course. So, oh, the, good. The hardest, hardest categories for our, boys, for our boys was a song released in the last 12 months. That was surprisingly <laughs> hard for them to go. Because Alex is still listening to a lot of old uh, Eurobeat and um, Andy's still listening to lots of old U2. So they struggled for a while on that one. <laughs> Jen immediately had K-pop, one ready to go. That was fun. <laughs> she knows her K-pop. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds super fun. <laughs> the, the other one they found hard was a female singer from America in the last 10 years. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a very wide category it's pretty wide and uh, they struggled it's a bit embarrassing uh, <laughs> they don't listen to regular girl pop <laughs> not, not enough so it was quite fun seeing them suffer as they trawled their memories and brains for some, some song. <laughs> that so, would uh, be a fun way to pass the time because there's the thinking activity the chatting activity and then the yes. music activity like it's threefold <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I got they they got to listen to some Beyonce in that in some of those categories. So, you know, Did someone yeah. without single ladies? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> the Bee Queens, excellent song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounds fun. <laughs> so, um, for any, any of our listeners, uh, any kind of long trips, ca car trips coming up, I can recommend that as an activity if you have oh. the technology. Uh, it's good fun. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to talk about something else, but I'm going to share my car game now oh, very okay. spontaneously. Oh, Here we go. You'd be an expert in this, Joe. Car well, games. I do love a good game. Do get a little bit too competitive. Mm, mm, but yeah. um, here's the game that I love playing. It's the categories game where you yeah. just keep naming anything you can in that category. So, for instance, if you name fruit and vegetables, you have to just oh, keep yeah. going <laughs> around. Everyone in the car keeps going. And you get down to some really obscure, like, Quince. Yes. Kumquat. <laughs> yes, I, I've done that game with hats, I think. Yeah. So good, so good. And the other excellent one when you're in the car is car brands because you're passing cars. So mm. you bump if you're, like, really not sure. You start watching cars <laughs> going by or you start thinking about car parks. I really particularly like car brands because there are lots. And yes. Yeah, yeah never play my brother-in-law, Dean, because he always wins. He would but win, no. If I play my sister, I beat her every time. <laughs> so, 
Uh, oh, such a fun car game. Very Just categories. good. Mm. Yeah, great. Well, mm. we have helped each other out with some uh, car games there. Some road trip fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some more meaningful things. Um, Zechariah 1, Zechariah yes. 1, I should say. I've been reading uh, Zechariah, just working through the Minor mm. Prophets. I think mm. uh, yeah, I haven't read them through for a while. And up to Zechariah, and, um, yeah, something caught my attention from Chapter 1, uh, verse, um, well, uh, it's verse 5, but I think I have to read verse 4. So Chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 of Zechariah, mm. uh, the, the prophecy is, um, do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they live forever? But did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? And so, mm. yes, that's um, that's where we'll stop. But um, what I... Uh, just caught my uh, attention there was the way of talking about the the words the prophecies the decrees mm. which um overtook um the ancestors of um zechariah's hears there and um just that phrase overtook i mean you could have said fulfilled or mm. they happened or they they came true uh, but the word overtake is is kind of um very strong very, yeah it's active um, makes you think of uh, maybe a military chariot chasing mm. down a fugitive or a, an athlete chasing down someone. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it just give, gives more life to, to the words of God, the, the mm. true and living words of God perhaps. That's, that mm. was what it got me thinking about. Yeah, have you mm. got any impressions um, hearing that verse? Ooh. I, I guess I was thinking about um, – the challenge of the idea, the challenging of the ancestors. I don't often, I, whenever I hear the word ancestors, I think of the Disney movie Mulan um, rather than the Bible. And so I guess I really haven't thought about the language of ancestors in the Bible before, but yeah, I can hear contrasting nature to that idea of it's not who, who you've descended from. Mm-hmm. It's actually God's words that are what's true and what's going to shape your reality. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that word ancestors is, prob- is probably fathers in other versions of the Bible. Oh, so, okay, that's um, why it might not be familiar because <laughs> as I read it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've ever read ancestors. It felt like an unfamiliar word. Yes. Mm. So, but, um, yeah, obviously it's um, it's uh, very similar ideas. But, mm. um, yeah. So this it, was during the time of Darius who was a Mede or Persian? Yes. Yeah, okay, right. Uh, so we're getting right towards the end of Israel's history. Mm. And um, yeah, p- perhaps moving into a phase of reflection on everything that's gone before. You know, mm. their own mm. doing their own Bible studies, their own history of, of their people. Mm. Do you think that, um, like, how do you get to Jesus from a passage like this? Do you think more like the, the Logos, Jesus, the Word of God, or do you think Jesus who fulfills the prophet? Like, what are you thinking? Oh yeah, great question, Joe. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, He's yeah reflecting on the uh, the the words are alive, living, active, and mm. these are the same words that will be fulfilled uh, in Jesus. Mm. And um, in G- Jesus, in in some ways, not only bringing salvation, he is also bringing judgment as well. Mm. So um, there's been a passing over sins, a dealing, a, a forbearance on God's part, but. Mm. Um, 
Jesus, the Word of God incarnate, is coming, and mm. uh, his that will overtake. He will overtake Israel and the kingship structure and the leadership structure mm. and the temple system. Um, it's 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 coming. Yeah, and mm. uh, yeah. So you're you're reading Zechariah with a sense of anticipation. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Because um, the one of the points is that the words in the past. Um, triumphed over the fathers therefore the words in the present are going mm. to be have the same effect and so we should listen and mm. yeah there's there's more to say there's more coming from god but um that'll sort of climax up with with, with jesus that that makes that the book more accessible i reckon when you've you've got that kind of idea when you're thinking about jesus and how it fits because it's so far from our experience of anything to do with christianity um mm. you know like that you look at it and you think oh how does how does this Actually, how do I read it? And so when you think, oh, this is, you feel a sense of anticipation of Jesus and his fulfillment of, um, you know, his, uh, what would you say? I Fill in the sentence for me. It, you just feel a sense <laughs> of anticipation for Jesus coming and how he reframes your understanding of all these different Old Testament structures. Yes, mm. he's the fulfillment um, mm. of, of all those things. Mm. Uh, mm. And, yeah, wow. I guess practically we've got looking at, um, Here's a call to repentance in Zechariah, mm. and the call to repentance is still alive and uh, real for Christians as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, we've repented it, and uh, yeah, we find our salvation in Jesus, our justification. But um, yeah, the Christian life is daily repentance. So mm. um, yeah, the Word of God is still alive, living and active, <laughs> speaking to us too. Mm. So, yeah, that's a beautiful sentence. The Word of God is still living and active in in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, Zechariah. Minor prophets, loving it. Yeah. Loving it, loving it. And Joe, what have you <sighs> been reading and thinking about? Well, I thought we could talk about commentaries today, Richard. Because oh, yeah, I love commentaries. Yeah, you, well, you, I knew you did. Tell <laughs> us, before I start talking, what do you love about commentaries? Because your instinctive response of I love commentaries is different from my instinctive response, is, I, which is I'm scared of commentaries. <laughs> oh, well, I'll give my honest answer. This is okay. my reflective answer, okay. is that in a commentary you've got um, – You've got someone either from your current era or an ancient era who who's willing to reckon they've got an understanding of, of the Bible <laughs> yep. and they're sharing that with the world saying, here's what I, th- I think's going on. Yes. Um, and that's an act of service. Like, yeah, they could have done other things with their time. Uh, they could have been lawyers or, um, you know, or uh, <laughs> uh, professional Authors. athletes or musicians, <laughs> yeah. uh, but they've, they've chosen to, slog away in a library learning languages yeah. um, and uh and so they've they've put forward something they think is going to be helpful and it's like well appreciate it thank you that is a very relational way of thinking <laughs> about commentaries richard that is a rebuke to me because okay. i think about commentaries i'm like oh i can't understand everything how confronting no um so that's a really um i like that thinking about how someone has decided to service by sharing what they think studying the word and then sharing what they think it means. Yeah. Well, um, we are going to dig into a little commentary moment from Daryl L. Bock, B-O-C-K. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written a commentary on Luke. It's a big, hefty one. He covers yep. the whole book in two volumes in the Baker exegetical commentary on the New Testament. Um, so that's the purple. And I always go by the colours on the book outside. <laughs> yes. the purple and browny one <laughs> with a Jesus face on the front. <laughs> and um, I'm reading it because... Uh, I'm writing some Bible studies in the, the first part of Luke and, yeah. and had a question, but also because I thought, oh, I haven't read 
anything, any comments on the themes and authorship of Luke in a long time. So I, I should go back and do that. So just for anyone who's reading, who's thinking, oh, I might read a commentary, the first part of a commentary will always be what the commenter thinks about the who, what, where, when, how, why kind of territory of the book. Who yeah. wrote it, when it was written, who it was written to, why they wrote it, what their themes were. You always get that at the start and then they'll go to varying degrees of detail through the verses. Anyway, so Luke chapter 3, there's this moment where the Holy Spirit, let me get the phrase, i just got to turn it over in the passage, move from um, Zechariah. In Luke chapter 3, there's the moment where the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove at his baptism. So it says in verse 22, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove and a voice from heaven came from heaven. You are my son with whom I love with you. I'm well pleased. So I read that and thought, yeah, yeah. And then I really thought about it and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and so I decided to read a little something um, about the the spirit descending like a dove, mm. and Daryl goes into quite a lot of detail <laughs> about yeah. what he thinks this all means. That's what um, you'd expect in a two-volume commentary. Yes, yeah, yeah he's, he's got a few pages on it. Um, but I just thought I'd read a little comment that he makes. So he, he goes through a few options about what it could potentially mean, and, and this is something he says. He says, The revelation following Jesus' prayer comes in two parts, the physical sign of the Spirit descending upon Jesus and the heavenly verbal testimony to him. Luke's account is short and simple in contrast to accounts in the later apocryphal tradition. In each of these other accounts, the voice from heaven speaks more fully. So he goes on to explain how other extra-biblical, so outside the Bible texts, talk about this event. Mm. And then just jump down a little lower. The Spirit's descent comes with the opening of the heavens, Luke alone emphasizes the concrete nature of the experience by speaking of a descent in bodily form. The unique reference, um, and he just uses some Greek words, show that the coming of the Spirit was a visible experience. Mm. And I sat and I thought, whoa, okay. So he's really trying to show that there was some kind of incredibly visible moment going on. Mm. Then he goes on quite a lot later. I, I skip a little bit here. Um, the manner of the Spirit's descent was like the way a dove floats gracefully through the air. Luke alone lacks a verbal reference for the sighting of a dove-like entity in that he does not use another Greek phrase as Matthew and Mark do. In this way, Luke minimizes the vision-like aspects of the account. And so essentially the commentator is saying it's the way Luke describes it, it's a physical thing. And he thinks the spirit is descending like a dove, but that it actually wasn't a dove. But compared to Mark and Matthew, yeah, the language is different. Yeah. Anyway, that's then he goes on to quite an extended discussion about why he doesn't think it's a dove, <laughs> and or no, the association, the association of the, the spirit and the dove. And the final comment he makes is: it seems best to leave the figure of the dove as a simple metaphor without theological significance. The spirit descended on Jesus with the grace of a dove. Mm, and I read that all yeah. and I thought, okay, I hear what he's saying. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with him because I genuinely don't know what I think, but I have grown from having to think it through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I, I think, uh, yeah, I love that. This is the sort of commentary that's, um, that really pays attention to detail, which is um, sometimes you really need, yes. uh, particularly with uh, tricky verses like that. Yeah. And, um, but uh yeah, I think uh, that's really helpful. The, yeah. the uh, not so much. There's a little dove, um, mm. which interestingly, on another podcast I was listening to, um, 
may have been a, chi- a pigeon, which doesn't oh. have the same vibe in the Bible. <laughs> the Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like, like a, a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I, when I think of p- pigeons, I think about like a bird rat. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, apparently there's this whole, you know, they're very closely related, doves and pigeons. <laughs> right, okay. Um, <laughs> that's a tangent. Um, that is a tangent. But, uh, but yeah, it's what it's, I found helpful from the commentary, sorry to interrupt, was just making me work harder and making yeah. me think more and, and consider and just sit back and think a little bit, see what I thought the Bible was saying and consider what he was saying. And, and I think that's always fruitful, yeah. spending time thinking about what God's saying and who he is. So, oh, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll be a better study because of it, Joe. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, um, it's been good to chat. I also wanted to draw your attention, Richard, and others yes. as well, to Reach Podcast Network, Reach Australia, all about seeing healthy evangelistic growing churches across Australia. They've done these little mini podcasts as part of the One Thing podcast. Mm. I listened to a two-minute 30 podcast this wow, morning. Wow, that's, that's hardcore. It's short. Yeah. It was just like a mini exhortation to be prayerful in ministry. So I just encourage people to draw their attention to it. The One Thing podcast, they've got a few little mini podcasts along the way. If you're needing needing just a little boost, that might be where you go. Great. Thanks Mm. very much, Joe. Well, we're out of time. It's been great talking. Game (laughs) in the car, Zechariah 1, Luke commentary. I'll uh, chat to you soon. Sounds good. See you, mate. Bye. 